Hey gang, welcome to the 27th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your week. I'm your host, Ben Ballmer, and this week, not as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Blake Guthrie, who is replacing Dakota this week. Uh, Dakota just started a new job, and she'll be back next week, but for now, we got Blake to fill in. Blake, thanks for joining us today. Oh yeah, of course. 27 episodes is I know, crazy. isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been listening to your podcast for a very long time. This is really nice to I'm very grateful to, to be on. I'm glad to have you. Uh, so you've hit a year at least. Yeah, we've we've been recording for about about a year. I think we started recording. Uh, we I think we started in er, very early 2018. So we're about we're like we're about to hit well, we the year. We did a right. Halloween episode, didn't we? We did uh, as well. No, that's Games, not. I think point, I think right? we'll be doing our first Halloween episode like is that next really? week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so. Right. Well, I'll go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure it's been it's been a little less than a year. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, so you can most of you guys know who Blake is. Uh, if you follow Epilogue Gaming, Blake is probably our most prolific uh, writer on Epilogue, and also is the host of the Ludo Narrative podcast as well as the Ludo FM stream on Twitch. Uh, so why don't you know instead of doing the quiz question first Blake tell us what you've been streaming the last week or so Um, what's what have you enjoyed playing what have you not enjoyed playing maybe uh, sure last couple weeks yeah so so mostly on Ludo FM my twitch channel I I do a lot of variety stuff of indie gaming and and the whole point is kind of epilogue's point which is video games is art literature and a storytelling medium and so I've been currently playing blind my first encounter with chrono trigger and that has been absolutely incredible. It's almost a perfect game. There's a couple slow parts that bother me. There's a factory scene. There's a, like a ship scene where you have to recover all your stuff. And people who have played it will probably know what I'm talking about. And then I've also been playing, uh, I've been beta testing, actually, this new game by Daniel Mullins, the creator of Pony Island, a game that we've reviewed on the Ludo Narrative podcast. Um, he invited me to beta test his new game, The Hex. And that, I, I can't, I mean, it just came out yesterday, so I guess I could talk about it, but I, I think it's wise not to talk about it for a game that's so new. I think people should just go play it. Sure. So what's the, what's like the basic premise of it? I know about Pony Island, uh, well, but what's, what's the premise of the hex? Well, the, it, I, even discussing the premise as far as my spoiler policy goes is a little bit odd, sure. but I will describe the, the mechanics a little bit. You're, okay. you're going to be playing as a lot of different characters trying to piece together a story. And that's as much as I really feel comfortable saying. It's okay. really, it's really good. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Marcos. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? I've been playing uh, a lot of Destiny and uh, Black Ops Four. Oh, yeah. Black Ops Four. Uh, so, are you focusing more on like the Blackout, which is the battle royale, or are you? I know you're a zombies guy. So, is it zombies yeah. first, then Blackout, or is it Blackout and then zombies? It's zombies first. Zombies first. How does this yeah. game's uh, zombies compare? Um, I think it's really good. Like the new maps are really cool. Uh, Nine is um, really fun as it goes into weird storylines and the mechanics themselves have changed since uh, Black Ops 3. But uh, mm. I think it's really good. It's really fun. Good. Glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, Marcos and I were talking about it. I So I know this is a funny story, Marcos. I actually now own two copies of Black Ops. I got it on PC as well today. Um, I just got a, free, I got a free copy, uh, which and I just paid for the $60 version on playstation 4 so oh rip. when marcus and i were talking about it he was the one who really convinced me into into getting yeah. the game um marcus is one of the few people i actually play games with i'm mostly a solo gamer but um mm-hmm. when you know, when we were talking about this and marcus was getting me to buy the game he essentially listed it as a 120 dollar <laughs> game um, which confused me at first <laughs> because I've never heard of a game that's $120. And so I looked into it a little bit and you can buy, I, I bought a $60 version. Uh, but in order to be able to play with Marcos as the game gets older, I would need to pay $120. And that's mm. already a thing. That's like, I already am cognizant of that, you know, pre-purchase and still i bought the game yeah <laughs> man right there I, I, <laughs> I still bought the game and i don't think this was even you know i who knows if i would have bought it if i didn't have people to play with but ultimately i kind of wonder is is this really a something that would prevent somebody from buying a game at this point if it if they really want it i don't know that that that's the case i don't know how many people are on the fence 
Oh, dude, that, that makes me think of a question like for you guys to address in a future episode when Dakota's back. Um, you know, what's the reasonable cap for a game? And like, you yeah. know, there's different kinds of reasonable <laughs> caps for different kinds of games. Right. Um, oh, I'd love to hear you guys talk about that. If we did that now, we'd totally derail the podcast. But sure, I just want to sure. say like, that's a fantastic question. Yeah. No, I mean, I you know, sometimes when people ask me, um, like a lot of times people you know, we'll say something like the Xbox one doesn't have a whole lot of games this generation. Like we yeah. even have a running joke the Xbox. I am Marcos is a Sony <laughs> guy. I'm an Xbox guy. Uh, Dakota is probably more of a Nintendo steam. Uh, you know, she, she focuses more on those two. Mm-hmm. And so, but the joke is, is that every time before we record our podcast, we all three will say Xbox, the Xbox one is the worst console <laughs> of the generation to sure. sort of, match our audio and that's not because i i really think that i mean I, I think there is probably some merit to it i think xbox has done a tremendous amount of consumer friendly things you know blake and i have talked about like their adaptability and uh their uh the, the new controller that just came out i think that we had that conversation right blake the uh yeah the the compatibility controller for or, or if you probably a better term accessibility controller yes. is really good for people like me who have repetitive stress injuries um with their hands where you know i i have trouble personally using uh pc gaming like hardware even if you use like adjusted stuff like a um dvorak keyboard or a tilted mouse or something like it's so much more comfortable for someone like me who has you know bad muscles and tendons in their hands to use a controller so for xbox to make that move even though i don't own a current xbox generation console um i respected that and paid a lot of attention to that move i think that's awesome yeah and you know i own both an xbox one and an xbox one x uh, and I, I have Game Pass, and one of the things that amazes me is I, I, I'm a big Forza fan, and uh, I was getting ready to buy Forza Horizon 4, um, which is, I've played all three of the Forza Horizon games. They're, I don't really like racing games. I wouldn't say it's like my preferred genre, but the mm. Horizon games are, are amazing. And so I was getting ready to download 4, and then I saw that it, it just said download now, and I forgot that I have the Xbox One Game Pass which is, hmm. uh, I think, $10 a month, maybe even just $5 a month. And I pretty much get all the Xbox One exclusives like right off yeah. the bat. So I think, you know, looking at things like that, that's going to play well for them next generation. But again, <laughs> we don't want to derail this podcast too much. <laughs> um, Indeed. Yeah. I, so I guess in terms of things I've been playing, I finished Spider-Man and that was amazing. Woo! I 100%ed it and I wanted you more after it was done. Yeah, I, I platted it um, the other day nice yeah it was just really really fun i i i should write a little bit about um you know just what it feels like to be spider-man like as a kid who grew up with spider-man uh you know marcos and i have endless debates over the spider-man films um okay quick quick point i I thought the spider-man game that just came out for ps4 was damn near perfect but um i saw a review about spider-man 2 for the playstation playstation 2 i think um the one where left and right triggers um enacted the web commands the web slinging Mm -hmm. you had to pick which arm or which side of the controller you were going to sling with i think that's the one flaw about that game that i think that they should have really taken advantage of i'm gonna explore that on the website i think yeah that would be great i you know i think i've the the biggest complaint i've heard is that it doesn't match up the the web swinging which is as everybody almost agrees that it's near perfect still isn't as good as the spider-man 2 game that i haven't personally (laughs) played but that came out like more than a decade ago which is really yeah i don't know if i completely agree with that but it's been so long since i've played spider-man 2 i mm-hmm. think there's something to be said for there are so many different things going on at this game you know like the things you can do with the controller and spider-man it, i i feel like i never fully discovered every little thing and this is somebody from i you know i 100 percented it Oh, um, yeah i was still discovering things about what i could do as spider-man as it goes mm-hmm. on so i think any additional complexity may not have played super well but i you know blake and i both really love the idea of using a controller as sort of a a tool to make you feel more immersed in in an experience and it seems like that would have been an interesting thing for them to try maybe maybe the next one we're definitely going to get a spider-man 2 oh yeah yeah like no doubt so from the DLCs next week. That's gonna be fun. Isn't it today? Uh, I think it released today. Is it today? Uh, yeah, I, I rented it. 
I think you it was rented a it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe you rented it. Bad move. Check. <laughs> All right. So let's keep this. Let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, yeah, please. We Sorry. so we got a ton. I just want to say thank you. We got a ton of questions this week um, for the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. We are like stacked. We could we just from the questions we got alone for this week's episode. We could probably go for the rest of the season and never have to ask again. That being said, I really, really love reading over all of your questions, and you do uh, have the opportunity to pick from a humble, uh, a humble bundle, uh, whatever game you feel like. Um, we'll we'll send your way if your name is chosen. So just message me. You can email us, tweet at us at Epilogue Games, um, or even Ludo's Twitter account. It's Ludo Narrative FM still, right? That's yeah, yeah, on t- only on Twitter, but on Twitter, Ludo yeah. FM is some rando with three followers from like 2013. So. <laughs> Damn them! <laughs> I know. Um, so let's uh, take a question this week uh, in relation to to October. Um, a couple things happened this the, over the course of the last week. Um, one, of course, you know we're nearing Halloween, and two, Dead Space's 10 year anniversary came, and Dead Space is one of my favorite horror Ooh. games. I think that's another great example of how you can use a controller it's like there's tons of interesting things you can do and dead space so thank you to bell swinger for sending over this question uh and since it's tied zero zero i'm gonna make marcos pick first uh since blake (laughs) is is the guest on the show oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) um so let me read this question to you guys uh which of the following is not a real enemy that you might encounter in the dead space campaign is it a a pregnant b the hive mind c the leviathan or d the severed limb marcos which of these is not a real spooky scary enemy from dead space this is the first one did you was the first one you said the pregnant a pregnant (laughs) (laughs) singular a pregnant (laughs) a pregnant yeah and the last one was what the leg the severed limb. Severed <laughs> You're much limb. too mild, my friend. <laughs> uh, what was in between those two? The hive mind and the leviathan. Okay. okay, I think I'll give it to the the severed limb. Okay, so D, Blake. All right, so I'm judging in in reverse order of absurdity. So I'm going to pick the <laughs> leviathan. That sounds like the most reasonable out of the four. Uh, that, that did not exist. <laughs> so uh, Marcos is right, and he's going to pick up the first what? point of the seasons. The severed no. limb is not actually an enemy. Uh, there is there is some really <laughs> creepy names. Um, I'm sorry, Scott. is real. <laughs> yeah. So a pregnant is very much a real. And you know, I so I did a little research because I was taught I delayed the podcast a little bit, as Blake and Marcos know, to fact check this. Not because I don't trust bell swinger but because sometimes we get you know questions with some some weird information um so i wanted to fact check a pregnant you know just to make sure that was the name of an enemy um and the more i i dove into this the more i realized that it's kind of a horror trope to have enemies who explode with like Hmm. smaller babies inside of them so i'm guessing that's what a pregnant is and then the hive mind is yeah just kind of like the flood so uh and then the other two are like major boss fights in the game so yeah i remember hive mind i uh kind of remember leviathan right and of course what you're doing in dead space which is such a wonderful mechanic i don't know how nobody has used this especially with ink you know uh updated technology but you obviously the goal is to sever the limbs of your your enemies so mm. you can like slice their kneecaps and then they can't walk anymore yeah. or like if you hit their arm they can't swing at you with that arm anymore like it's it's really interesting uh it's so cool. it's like a, a little stasis adjustment. and all that yeah the stasis yeah god good stuff so mm. um yeah i i think we talked it over and blake will be uh if if Blake ever makes another guest appearance, which I'm sure he will, he'll cover for whoever is not playing. So unfortunately, in this case, he, <laughs> he didn't get a point for Dakota. Oh, um, but I'm sorry, Dakota. <laughs> I I tried. Um, so I did want to I did want to say that uh, that last week I got a lot of messages, and I, I now I'm struggling to remember. Maybe Marcos will. I got a lot of messages saying that um, people were surprised that neither of you guys got the trivia question from last week. So. 
Mm. I'm, I'm glad at least we had a 50% hit rate on this one. We still have one more to go later in the show, so we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But to be fair, I, I normally miss 90% of your trivia questions as a listener. Really? So, yeah, <laughs> so, I don't not that, Yeah, like I, I don't I don't think that they're meant to be easy. You know, I don't people are out there to make make us look stupid. So I'm so excited every time I get one right. So let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, so let's let's cover the news really quickly. Um, you know, yeah. I, why don't we lead off with this because this was a a, a pretty prominent topic in in last week's episode or two weeks mm. ago uh, about you know the telltale closure. Oh yeah. So a lot of things, and I think this will lead nicely into the Red Dead Redemption stuff. Um, sure. But this over the last week, um, it became apparent that Telltale, um, well, at least the Walking Dead part of Telltale. Um, was going to be put to work by Skybound, which is Kirkman's uh, video game company. Uh, Kirkman, obviously the creator of Walking Dead, uh, to finish the Walking Dead season. So this this is going yeah. to be it for the Walking Dead, which we already knew was the case. Uh-huh. Um, but now we are gonna we are gonna see a conclusion to that. And by the sound of it, these workers will be paid, as we knew was a problem before. Uh, Blake, I, you know you're you're into the the telltale stuff. Is this something that excites you that we get closure, or is it like the hit of that telltale closing um, kind of makes it seem like uh, this probably won't be as good as we had hoped? You know, I I'm glad you introduced me as someone who likes Telltale because I I'm about to say something pretty critical, uh, which is that I, I I'm more frustrated about the treatment of the creators of those games than I am the release of them coming out. Um, I, I don't mean to sound negative. I'm not uh, cynical about the quality of the games that will be released, but I, I was surprised to hear that you know it wasn't the other way around to begin with. Because I, I think one thing that the Telltale situation has brought to light, and uh, when I was listening to you guys talk about it when it became a news story, um, I, I thought you know Dakota especially was was really right to say um, th- these people should come first before the game, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, as this becomes more and more prominent across the, the industry, as we'll talk about soon, um, I think that that becomes the primary concern. And it's hard, not that you can't enjoy something, uh, you know, when it's been delivered under suspect circumstance, but I think I think it becomes more difficult uh, to to look at this and be excited about it when we know what went went into it. Um, even, I don't think you know, the first couple of episodes. I don't think I'll actually play it, which is the the conclusion of that discussion for me personally, and and that sucks because I love the Walking Dead Telltale. Right. So I let me move on quickly here um, because I think these two things are really uh, kind of land side by side. Uh, this week, and I, I I wish I I had his name in front of me. I do actually. His his name was <laughs> is Dan Hauser, and he's the the lead writer behind Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yeah. The Hauser, that's actually a pair of brothers, I believe. Is it? Okay. So the last, within the last week, uh, pretty much the biggest news story around the industry, uh, interesting, um, is that uh, Dan Hauser in an interview, I think kind of let it slip. I don't think this was meant to be like a, I don't think he wanted to make a big deal. I don't think he wanted to make it seem like he was telling on the parent company or anything like that. But he basically said, we were working 100 hour weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, and as he described it in crunch time for for Red mm. Dead Redemption 2, which I think is a point of pride for some people. And, you know, obviously, we've as you go back and forth on this, uh, not everybody who works for Red Dead, um, you know, has come out and said they feel a particular way. So we don't we don't know the way that this made the right the the workers feel. But as we've seen before with Telltale. Uh, we're seeing that you know there's an increasing amount of mistreatment of uh, mm-hmm. video game workers. Um, Marcos, does this infringe on your enjoyment of the game? I know that you've always been kind of somebody who can separate those two things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that that's a thing. I couldn't imagine working 100 hours in a single week. Yeah, but, uh, not at all. I'm still going to enjoy the game for sure. I'm gonna. I'm not going to let that amount of effort go to waste and not buy that game yeah so that's kind of the question i was gonna ask right now that the amount of effort so i saw a lot of people saying like boycott red dead redemption 2 and stuff like that yeah and i think that's a little scary if only because the people who were working on this game i don't think 
I even saw a, a prominent reviewer, and I'll leave their name out, but on Twitter they had uh, they had a question that was whether or not you think that you should mention the work conditions inside of the Red Dead Redemption 2 review. And I immediately clicked no. I do not think that should be part of a video game review. But when I clicked it, I was surprised to find out that nearly 75% of people said that it should be at least mentioned. Um, so, Blake, do you think this is something that... Uh, moving forward that mm. reviewers or, or critics should be um, you know, making mention of in uh, the critical process of reviewing a game. You know, this, is, this idea, uh, this story has really spiraled over my timeline over the last week or so, and I've really not known what to think about it. I, I of course, feel for the people who have been, from what I can understand from people like uh, Jason Schreier, um, you know, like reporting on the hundred hour work week and really digging deeper into it. Apparently he tweeted yesterday or maybe today, in fact, that he, uh, he's going to release his own report on rockstar. I, you know, I worry about the conditions of those. And I, and I said this earlier with, um, a friend of ours seminar, um, that basically I think t the telltale situation opened up the journalistic opportunity for people to care about the ethics of video game production again. Um, the people who are producing those games, but I don't know that that's actually going to make a lasting contribution as to your question specifically, whether this is going to affect my enjoyment of the game. I personally never played any of the red dead titles, so I can't say anything. I I've love in, in have loved my whole life. Uh, the, the grand theft auto titles. And I, I don't think for a second that I expect video game producers to be ethical. Um, I, I don't mean that in a, like let's abuse them way. I mean that in a, um, art is not the artist way and if you think video games are art which i do um then you can condemn the artist and not condemn the art which sure. i think is reasonable yeah uh and i think just moving forward uh, from this this entire thing i think we really need to monitor um how how does this affect game design i mean we think about red dead redemption too i i don't know marcos how long ago did red dead come out it was probably around 2010 2011 I think. Uh, I would say 2009. No, that was like around. That yeah, sounds close. PlayStation Three. Yeah, I'll look it up. sometime in that in that uh, realm. So, you know, it's been almost a decade since we've had this game. Now, of course, not everybody who worked on the original is working on this one, but Red Dead gives more time for their game creation than pretty much any other company. I don't know. I think we're going to learn how feasible it is for these companies to say, okay, you know what, we'll. We'll take the foot off the gas pedal for a moment and, you know, we'll we'll make sure that workers are going home after, you know, their 40 hours or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, how is that going to affect the way that games are are put out? How is it going to affect game design? How is it going to affect the things that we see? Um, I don't know. Moving forward, I, I think the biggest hope, the best hope we we can, we have is that technology will make it easier for for developers to create and you know hopefully publishers will then allow for more time um you know for their for their games to come out more more time for these games yeah. to be developed so i i question whether or not that's actually feasible um but but for the record uh the original red dead red dead revolver was released in may 2004 yeah that, um, and that's not even rockstar so that what they bought didn't they buy the i think they bought it after that i have no idea how that situation went. i about. actually don't know the politics of that either um yeah. i just was glancing at the wiki yeah so the original red dead redemption i think was probably around that 20 yeah 2010 2009 hmm. we'll yeah. we'll fact check it later um cool I, you know, one thing I've been meaning to do, I've seen this in a, in a different podcast that I really appreciate. They have a corrections section at the beginning of their podcast. Um, and we oh, regularly really? get corrections. I feel oh, like that's, dude, that's that should so be important. part of our... Yeah, yeah that sounds fun. Um, that it can also be turned into a humorous bit, too. Where yeah, it's like, right. We <laughs> really screwed this up. We're just dumbasses this uh -huh. whole time. And that's yeah, and joke. usually we like bring it up organically where we're like, okay, we messed this up last week, so <laughs> here's <laughs> this. But it'd be good to just have a little section. Um, I actually like that about your podcast. There's like an implied humility to it, and that's yeah. what makes it fun to listen to. Well, you know, I think anytime with like a, a, a weekly podcast, one of the things that we... One of the things that, as you know, you're guesting on this podcast... Um, we can only do so much prep when news is like flying out all the time. Oh, yeah. Like how much can you really 
you know, prep for that kind of discussion. And moreover, it, it might be better to not prep for that kind of discussion, like for your, for your answers to be off, off the cuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that, you know, that's part of our podcast. Of course, others will do it differently, but I think for us, it's good to get like those instantaneous reactions. Like, how are we really feeling right now? And if those feelings do change, then we can surely mention those, you know, mention those changes later on, but absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, go ahead. Let's see, uh, talk about the, um, I was going to mention this. So I'll mention them briefly. I, I don't want to give us too much time to talk about this. Soul Calibur six reviewed really well. Um, and we also missed the, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey reviews. Those all, all both of them reviewed really well. Awesome to see Soul Calibur six get, get good reviews. I think it was sitting at mm-hmm. an 85 on Metacritic. Uh, Marcus wow. and I are both fans of of that franchise so for sure uh marcos are you are you excited does this well, let me ask you just a brief question had soul caliber bombed uh in, on metacritic would you still have risked the purchase of the game knowing that there's a chance they wouldn't update it from then well to be fair i promoted it about three months ago but uh, <laughs> <laughs> even, even if it had bombed and i hadn't bought it then yeah i will still buy it i love soul caliber yeah, you're talking to the man that spends 120 dollars on Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah, that, I I really wanted to get back to that. Like that was, <laughs> that was my intention. So I'm glad for for Soul Calibur Six. Um, then there was also this really weird news story about a malicious message being sent around on PSN. Yeah. I, I I think we're yeah. all three PS. No, Blake, do you own a PS4? Are you kidding me? You do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You Detroit. just talked about playing how, yeah, how I, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I didn't want to presume. So, uh, I, I Xbox did. is the worst console of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> I just I want to I want to double check. None of us got this malicious message, right? I already had no. my messages on uh, private because I play fighting games. So. The only malicious messages I get are from Marcos. They're not malicious, all right? They're running gags. So right before we recorded our podcast today, Sony sent out an update that apparently fixes the issue. So it looks like crisis has been averted. Still, I think this is something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, People have figured out a way to infect uh, consoles with viruses, which we knew was eventually going to be a thing. Um, Just, you know, be careful. Uh, maybe turn your settings on private. Don't let people who aren't your friends send you send you messages. I think that's probably for the best anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why don't we go ahead and take a little break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about video game crossovers, which is something Woo! we've been meaning to talk about for a very long time. Uh, I'm excited for this particular topic, and then of course we'll we'll wrap it up with the, our second quiz show. And we'll see if Blake can snag Dakota a point. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Dakota, in advance. <laughs> the thing is, I think the next one is very answerable. I think you guys both have a have a shot at the next that one. That we'll still see. leaves him in the lead. Yeah. Uh, so we'll come back in just a second. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you oh. in a few. This episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. A special shout out to Roy Master 4, Blister Agent, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Daniel Coker, Grayson Page, Matt Buchanan, Sin Realization, Ryan Coombs, and Tina Jameson. On behalf of Epilogue, we'd also love to thank our Midnight Tier members, X Creations, who you can find on twitch.tv slash xcreations, Drathjosh, who you can find on twitch.tv slash Drathjosh, and Disney Lover for Life, who is on a never-ending quest to get to Disneyland. If you'd like, you can support our Patreon account at patreon.com slash epiloggaming for as little as $1 a month. Thank you for your continued support. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm really, this is something we've seriously, I think Marcos and I have been talking about this since we started the podcast. This was an episode (laughs) we wanted to do. We didn't know exactly where we could fit it in, and this week felt like the perfect week to do it. Now, unfortunately, Dakota's not here, but fortunately, Blake is here. And I know he'll have a lot of interesting things to say on video game crossovers. So the first thing so. that we we kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about, uh, and Blake, have you have you played the Kingdom Hearts franchise? I think I have never played a Kingdom Hearts title, but that doesn't that doesn't affect my opinion. I actually want, I want to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Good. So okay. so we'll get there. Yeah. So I just want to use this as an example because I think this is probably the most relevant one. Um, you know. 
or the easiest to understand at the very least. So we have two separate companies. Um, we have Square Enix on one side making Final Fantasy games, and we have Disney, who has this plethora of characters and worlds to hand out that's never really done anything in the video game realm uh, with, with all of these worlds. And of course, this is Marcos's favorite franchise or close to it. Um, it, so, is, it really is. So, you know, Marcos, what is it about, like... It, kingdom hearts that makes the crossover part of it work between these disney characters and these final fantasy characters like why wouldn't it have just been better as just final fantasy characters or just disney why is this weird formula why has it worked for that franchise i, I don't know if <laughs> that, that works per se like when the first game came out it was more the fact that everybody was like like for me i grew up playing final fantasy titles so like I would see uh, Leon or, or Squall and Aerith pop out and Yuffie and I was like, oh, cool. And then Mickey pops on the phone. I'm like, what is this? Mm. <laughs> and that in itself drew me into the series. And over the years of playing the series, this would cause me to fall in love with it. It was more so the fact that these are two franchises that, of course, I love. I love Disney movies and I love right. Final Fantasy. So it's I just the fact that um, it exists and it captured me at a very young age. Yeah. So I think that's the question I'll I'll then pose to Blake. It is this just a marketing tool? Are these it obviously I would love to believe that some genius was just like brainstorming and was like you know what would so fit together tonally Disney characters and okay. Final Fantasy characters. Well, did right? you ever hear would, the story of how it came about? I only in the brief research I did for this podcast. Okay. Uh, so go so, ahead and give us a brief I have an answer that okay. leads right into my question, actually. Okay, I was yeah, gonna, hit us with okay, that and then Marcos. Cool. I was going to yeah. hit you with the question later, but this runs right into it straight away. So okay. I, basically, I bet with regards to Kingdom Hearts, which w was released in what, 2002, I think? Yes, 2002. Um, I bet if you pitch this kind of crossover between Final Fantasy and like Disney characters, right, like right now in 2018, assuming that it never existed in the first place, like from our childhood. Right. I don't think that game companies or or investors or, or in general just companies would merge and make this happen. I really don't think that even with the massive success that Kingdom Hearts has like kind of given out over the years, we the fact that we still have been stalled, I say we like I've played these games. We have installed <laughs> so long on Kingdom Hearts 3. It's a collective thing. We've all been stalled on yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, as someone who, I don't even I haven't even played it, but I love Kingdom Hearts. Like that's a, that's one of the top 5 games that I want to play like yeah. from my childhood that I didn't play. Um but my question though is did Kingdom Hearts normalize or like make common the video game crossover as like a thing because i grew up with it and never thought twice i mean i definitely thought about it once but like i never thought twice about how odd it was to pair a teen oriented jrpg <laughs> with like 3d anime style with the generically kind of 2d animated kid-friendly disney cast like what a weird thing to put together Oh yeah, it's it's totally bizarre. So let me answer your question. I think first and foremost, we have to uh, contextualize this with video games have kept this going. Like it's not like it was, you know, it's still a modernized thing to smash these weird crossovers together. Uh, like the most recent example is Fortnite and Thanos, right? Like we had the, we had the Marvel crossover. I mean, how absurd is that? And it totally worked for some reason. I don't know why, but it totally worked. Um, and, for, you know, I think we, obviously there's a larger uh, question to all of this is, does this kind of thing work elsewhere? And the answer is almost always no. Um, like you, you can't look on television like, I was just watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, no, it was New Girl. I was watching New Girl, and the Brooklyn Nine-Nine cast just randomly started appearing on, yeah. on an episode. And it just, you know, it was fine, but it felt, like, so forced. It was like a, it was some weird promotional device. Um, I never get that feeling playing Kingdom Hearts. I didn't even get that feeling playing Fortnite. I don't know why. <laughs> But for some reason, <laughs> it works. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's because there's a precedent that's been set. I, I that That's very possible. So, um, 
clearly Kingdom Hearts wasn't it. the first crossover that normalized anything. I'm just asking it as far as mainstream goes. Because, like, you know, another thing that I'm not going to talk about too much is Marvel versus Capcom from 1998. I sure you, Twinkie, will talk about it. Exactly. I figure that's like, why not get in that territory? That's probably going to be Twinkie's territory. But, like, that seems like probably the precedent setter. But Kingdom right. Hearts. Like for casual gamers, like those who aren't good at games, who like story, I wonder if Kingdom Hearts is the one that did it. Sure. So, I, you know, I think if we if we look back, I, I think there's obvi- another obvious example. If, if you had to guess what was I, I'm, is in my brain, Marcos, what what do you think the most obvious gaming crossover uh, is? <laughs> Maybe outside of Kingdom Hearts, but it, at least on the same level smash yeah smash bros right um really yeah i think that's probably the biggest one i would say that's arguably bigger than i think that's fair it has a lot of um names in that i thought we were trying to go a little more like under the under the skin of the crossover genre i didn't realize we were going for like the most successful because that totally wins yeah i i don't i i think just in terms of like uh the most notable that yeah. Smash Bros would be would be there. I don't know how we quantify that discussion. Yeah, but Smash like, Bros wins automatically. Yeah, Smash Bros probably wins. Um, and I, I I'm just gonna tease it a little bit, but we actually have a perfect quiz question sent in that we'll be we'll be <laughs> getting to later. No, um, no. <laughs> so I think this will lead in kind of nicely to our our next segment, which is uh, three of our like our favorite gaming crossovers and i'll let you guys go ahead and i'll comment on each one um but you know favorite as in it could be the your favorite to play it could be your just most absurd example of like a gaming crossover um but let's (laughs) let's start with marcos it doesn't have to be in any particular order it can be if you want but uh what what's one of your favorite three marcos oh dude marvel's capcom 2 so so uh, arguably the Mar- the entire Marvel vs. Capcom franchise <laughs> would work here, right? I don't I yeah. don't I don't know the history well enough to say, but I I know that every game is essentially a crossover, hence the verses. Um so what is it about Marvel vs. Capcom that uh if what is what even is being crossed over here? Um it's, uh, between uh, Capcom characters from their various games from their beat 'em ups to Street Fighter and the like and Marvel characters. Right. So like Wolverine and Wolverine, the X-Men, um, you have Spinal, you have Shuma Goroth, you have like um, Sentinel, um, Darkseid, or not Darkseid, what's his face? There's a, uh, I can't remember the name. He's like a weird demon guy. It's like yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. Not Spawn. Spawn is... Uh, he kind of looks like Spawn though. Yeah. But he has mm-hmm. that effect. Yeah, yeah so, just a bunch of Marvel characters. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like fighting games. One of the other things that we we should probably consider is that for fighting games, it's really easy, right? Like somehow yeah. it makes sense. I was playing PlayStation All Stars. I don't want to oh. steal this. This is probably the worst crossover that's ever happened. <laughs> I really, <laughs> like, I really like PlayStation All Stars. I just played it for the first time, but. You have characters like Zeus being paired with Sackboy. Um, and, like, listen, I think, you know, even when we talk about Smash Bros, there's a reasonable argument for Smash Bros being so absurd that it doesn't make any sense either. I think, it, it, for whatever reason, it doesn't need to... That was my argument going into PlayStation All-Stars, was that I wasn't going to like this game because it wasn't tonally consistent, which feels super <laughs> pretentious now. But, like, I played the game and it didn't matter. I didn't care, because... it. You know, for me, the game did a good enough job making Sackboy fit in the same universe that Zeus or Kratos would. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think for whatever reason, it works in fighting games. I, I maybe it's there's easy, an example. Man. You don't have not. to shoehorn in a story for it. You don't have to give them a reason to be there. They're just there to fight. They're just there, just there to fight. Duke yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, so Blake, what? If, why don't you hit us with uh, one of your favorite? crossovers well to, to say that i have a favorite crossover is to invalidate the question i i'm gonna i'm gonna answer <laughs> a little bit more uh cynically here because I, okay. I think that i think that the video game industry has done a really good job of crossing over with like things that make me question everything to do with living in the world sure. um what one of the examples uh, and we'll begin with my third place one here is angry birds star wars oh god i did not know this was I the forgot thing about this. <laughs> why did that need to exist it came out in 2012 by rovio entertainment lucas arts and activision like like, <laughs> like freaking hardcore hard hitter developers it's not like this is some obscure thing 
And it, it's now six years old, which is crazy. I, I can't believe I never played a single Angry Birds title. And um, Angry Birds Star Wars, like, crossover, did that need to exist? No. But is it one of the best crossovers of all time? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to leave that up to the listeners. Uh, so uh, that's a great answer, and I'll build off of this. I didn't plan on talking about this, but Lego, uh, Lego Harry Potter for me. Um, oh, dude, just, Lego series in general. <laughs> Yeah, just being I able almost, to play through those Harry Potter games like in Lego form is just such a delight. It's it's like double dose of nostalgia. So, um, <laughs> and those games are obviously widely successful. So again, They're really good, man. Yeah, maybe maybe all you have to do the key to producing a successful game in all actuality is just having a weird crossover. Like, That's maybe part you of the question, fail. though. Yeah, that, maybe I mean, you like, can't what fail. does the crossover do for? Oh, more. you can most definitely fail with crossovers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I in all of the research I did, I don't think I found an example that that does. Do either of you guys have one off the top of your one. heads? Okay. Of one that fails? Yeah, hit us yes. with it, Marcos. Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So why? <laughs> I was just talking about the fighting games <laughs> and why it's so easy. Why would why would why would this of all things fail, Marcos? The gameplay was just bad. It just wasn't that great. But then don't you have to question, was it the crossover that failed? I guess that, you know, like I said, maybe you can't fail if there's a crossover. So I guess that's your point. But like, yeah. ultimately, it wasn't the crossover that failed, right? It was just the game. It was the game itself. And it was yeah. really cool. Like, this is this was the first time you could have Pac-Man fight Mega Man. Hmm. Yeah, see, well, and, uh, not not the last time, though. No, not the last time. <laughs> not the last time. <laughs> um, it's thanks it's funny you mentioned that. One of my honorable mentions here was uh, Street Fighter X Mega Man. Like, that was going to be one. I just didn't think that was worthy. But you mentioned Mega Man and Pac-Man, and I was like, I oh, had I no idea to. that was a thing either. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah it, it exists. It exists. 2012 <laughs> Capcom. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll give another sort of ludicrous one that didn't make any sense and still <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Now, everyone here is, I think, likely to disagree, but... But Mario and Sonic, now, Mario and Sonic have this weird Olympic game. Now, it's not it's not bad. I think for the yeah. most part, people think that the, the Mario... I, you know, Blake, I, one time you and I were at a Dave and Buster's, and there was a, a Mario... It's <laughs> a true story. There was a Mario and Sonic crossover game, and we played it, and it was horrible. It was horrible. It was one of the worst arcade games I've ever played. But what? That's, <laughs> that's beside the point um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like you so i think there's an argument to be had here right like okay so you know mario sonic they're both platformers whatever uh but it just felt so weird to me to have them together like they I, under no circumstance do i ever see those two in the same in the same world like they're like on entirely different planets for me mario and sonic their their <laughs> physics are different like the physics that they play the game in are totally different and then you match them up on this americanized like mm. i shouldn't uh, the olympics are, are obviously not americanized but like <laughs> uh, you know a lot of the sports are so it's just really uh, it's just really weird to me i don't i don't know yeah. why it's like a triple crossover between the the three mario sonic and the olympics <laughs> it's like yeah uh, so marcus what what about another one of your your favorites um probably tekken 7 has some of my favorite crossovers in there i don't even know of any oh wait that's not that's not true i do know of a couple uh tekken yeah. 7 that that wasn't the same one that um, Frank West was in, right? From Dead Rising. No, you're thinking of Marvel's Capcom Three and Infinite. Oh, okay, he he made games. appearances in those. Okay, yeah. so uh, what are some Capcom. what are some appearances in Tekken Seven? Um, you have Akuma from Street Fighter. Mm. You have Geese from SNK's um, uh, Fatal Fury series and the um, uh, what's the name of the other series? King of Fighters. You have Noctis from Final Fantasy XV. Mm. Um, coming soon, we also have Deegan from, or his oh, yeah, Negan, from, Negan uh, from Walking Dead. Right. From Walking oh wow, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that is a weird one. I obviously Soul Calibur, which we mentioned earlier, has Geralt from The Witcher, uh, and like oh, they, cool. Soul Calibur is actually kind of famous for its weird crossovers. Yeah. Like it had they, Namco does a lot of guest characters. Yeah. So they had. Um, 
they had Vader and uh, Yoda. Yoda, and they, they, they were not actually in the same game though. So if you got the Xbox 360 version, at the first, not at first, but they were later available for DLC. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. originally it was used as a promotional device. Like get both yeah. of them because one of them is on 360, the other one is on huh. PlayStation. So yeah, so Yoda um, had the 360, and then Vader was on PS3 initially. Yeah, and really then cool. on DLC you can get them. And, I love stuff like that. I so hate was that. the Apprentice from Force Awakens. The Apprentice, dear so God, Calibre. yeah. Let's wait. Let's forget about the Apprentice. Oh no, let's not. Also, wait. Soul Calibur also had Kratos, Spawn, Link. Like they've had a they've had a number of uh, guest characters in yeah. the series. I think that's fun. I think we probably could go off on have an entirely different episode as to why these crossovers work best in fighting games. Um, so Blake, let me turn to you here because assuredly your your next pick won't be a fighting game. At least I don't think. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, all right. First, first and foremost, before you turn the question over, I would say, yeah. um, like, the fighting game thing does deserve an episode. Please put that in your notes. Yeah. Second thing I would yes. say is my my second recommendation here for top crossovers of all time. It's once again not very like I, I'm not living for this game. I've no. also <laughs> never played this game. But um, Telltale's Minecraft episode. Uh, what oh the God. heck is that? Like Minecraft, this open world like Lego game, this this pixely square blocked thing that like nine year olds love to death. Telltale, a very mature storytelling company. Well, I mean, rip. But um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> to, to you know, so mature that it's dead now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They they hit the grave early. They were yeah. alcoholics, but with games. <laughs> um, but they came out with these episodic t- Minecraft things. I've not played them, but um, but I've seen them played, and uh, I've seen little kids play them, and I and I wondered to myself, why did that crossover need to happen? So that's my sec pick for second place. Um, I think that's a really just... good one too because it, it <laughs> it's like Telltale. You don't think of it this way, but Telltale is its own brand. That's the crossover, right? Like what? the the Minecraft crossover with Telltale. Even though there's no Telltale doesn't have characters or anything like that. It just has well, like Telltale's this... dark. One thing that Telltale specialized in after like beginning and ending with The Walking Dead. Um, they became, we are a mature game studio. Like, we make games that are hard-hitting and emotional and dark. Like, you know, they made Back to the Future way before that and whatnot, and they made, like, other stuff. But, like, they cut, their brand became, like, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Wolf Among Us, so on. Like, those are the successful titles. Right. And And to see Telltale Minecraft, I just, I still can't take it seriously, even though it was like somewhat commercially successful or sorry successful right <laughs> yeah um yeah i think that ultimately one of the things that actually bit telltale a little bit was that they you know we talked about this last week um but in doing all that research like having to pay up for those ips like and having to yeah i, I think ultimately is probably their undoing so it would have been interesting to see them create an original story from characters that like you know obviously weren't based on any particular universe so um, quick point quick yeah. point you said that last week and you just mentioned that you said it last week on the podcast i was listening <laughs> while i was i was watering my garden and i totally agreed and i thought why didn't telltale make their own game before they moved on to take other ips i think that's the difference between nail in the coffin and that company still existing small yeah. point we, that might be another epilogue discussion later. I just yeah. want to offer that up because <laughs> we're already going long as is. I'm sorry to keep this so long. No, it's not your fault. I'm I'm the host here. I got to keep things moving. <laughs> um, but let's so let's skip over the last one. Um, yeah, no. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. So then I'll give you each. I'll give <laughs> I've you. I've been saving my favorite one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was totally not fair of me. So let me, <laughs> Marcos. You both of you guys, but you only here. Here's the restraint. You only get to say why it's weird in a sentence or less. So it's, <laughs> okay. it's your fine. favorite, yeah. but in a I sentence or that. less. Okay, Marcos, hit us with your favorite game and crossover. Super Mario RPG: Legend of Seven Stars. <laughs> <laughs> you almost don't need to elaborate. <laughs> I know why he picked it. I know why he picked it. Okay, my pick. Yeah. Um, Lego 
Guitar Hero. Or, sorry, Guitar oh. Hero. <laughs> I was like, was it Lego, Guitar Hero, and Cheerios? No, I was reading, I was reading my, I have a whole paragraph for this. But, um, but Lego Guitar Hero 2009 by Harmonix and Backbone Entertainment. Are you kidding me? Why does that exist? Why do we need a Lego <laughs> Guitar Hero? That is my favorite, weirdest crossover. Period. Amazing. So, yeah, this is this is a lot of really interesting stuff. And if you do, you know, if you're listening to the show and you feel like doing any of your own research, you'll find countless examples of, of video game crossovers. Like, it doesn't just end with with some of our favorites. Uh, these things, they are numerous. Uh, like, you can... I think all the way back to I, I wish we we had done the the work in finding the original crossover, but I don't know if they're. Um, you could argue that video games have always been kind of a crossover when talking about things like, um, you know, uh, ET, like the video game ET, like they've always kind oh, of oh. taken um, from <laughs> you know it would. So they've always sort of taken from other mediums until they eventually built their own. Um, so I don't know. Really interesting. And uh, I'm glad we got a, a chance to talk about it. But I do, before we leave off, I just wanted to see, do either of you guys have a, a crossover you'd like to see in the future? I know Marcos <laughs> has talked about uh, seeing Microsoft maybe buy out Sega. And obviously, like, that's a large-scale thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but he's been on that one for a long time. To That'd the point be a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly the most likely situation, but that's still laughable. Yeah, I mean, it would be oh, weird, go. right? If we ever, what if we had like a Master Chief Sonic at the Olympics? Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it would, oh, it would be, oh, oh, it would be so good. So, okay, go I, ahead, I have something to contribute to this real quick for fun future crossovers. Can I give you my three small bullet points? They're yes. like 10 words each. Go okay. for it. First, fun, all right, all right so. To every developer that is listening to this podcast, which means everyone that that develops video games in general, the, the first thing you should develop is a Jack and Daxter meets Ratchet and Clank, or maybe even like Battle Royale between the two. Oh like, boy. Like, dude, we need a collaboration between Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank. Number one. That's yeah, the first one. Sure. Number two. Kirby. Full stop. Kirby. Battle Royale. <laughs> All Kirby's, one hundred Kirby's, all sucking up. Kirby Battle Royale game. It, wait, I wait, swear, does that exist? Is. Yeah, it's this, uh, wait, it's, it's called wait. Kirby Battle Royale or something yeah, like that. It, it actually exists. Is it rated M? No, it's. <laughs> I don't think it's, 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 all right, so it's so, not sorry. even really a battle royale it's game, but it's called battle then, royale. Then you're both then you're both just debating me because I need this to be super intense and rated M. I need it to be bloody. I need Kirby's to be like spit out their bones later. Okay, and the last one yeah, is we need The Last of Us meets a TOEFL boyfriend. Oh, oh no. We need, a, we need a clicker. Honestly, this works. No, and I'm, I'm Dakota Trammell today, okay? And this kind of <laughs> works. No, I'm sticking up for this. Because they both take us... place in post-apocalyptic worlds. <laughs> <laughs> No, we need birds. According to our theory episode, we need pigeons to date clickers, or I'm quitting this podcast. Oh boy, you only contracted me for this day, so you can (laughs) fire me if you want. But that's my final recommendation for the future collab. Anyway, I'm done. Okay, that was the most reasonable one, honestly. Yeah, Marcos, do you have any future crossovers you'd like to see? Honestly, the way that uh, I have one that I would really like, and the way that Arc System works collabed with. I guess toy animation. How they got Dragon Ball and was able to create a fighting game off of that. Give me one for Naruto. Give me the mm. two D fighter with godlike nice. animations and two D. Um, I agree. That would be really fun. Isn't that, that kind of uh, the new? Uh, what is it? Jump Star? Oh gosh, what is it called? Jump Force Jump is Force, yeah. a three D arena fighter. I think that's the genre they've given the name for. But uh, that sort is three like D arena. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, gosh. it's yeah. the one. That's another crossover, yeah. It's like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Bleach, Death mm-hmm. Note, all that stuff. Right. But uh, that genre in itself, I'm not 100% like geared towards. I'm going to play it because it has one of my favorite animes, but that's besides the point. I want a 2D fighter. Nice. That'd be fun. That's what I want. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the second quiz show and see if Blake can make up a point here. Oh, I have a Dakota, feeling- <laughs> I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> 
Marcos may already have some some awareness of this particular question. Oh, really? We'll see. Yeah, you have so to go no. first again. So if you're oh, confident yeah. enough, Blake can always get on the board. When's the last time Evan went second? It's been a long time. Maybe don't get all the questions right. I haven't. <laughs> I just failed last week. Dakota doesn't deserve this. If I get the second one wrong, can we neutralize the first one and just no. set it to zero? What? No. No. It's not no. fair to her no. if I if it's I mess this up. <laughs> if I set her up with zero and two, that is going to just break our friendship apart. I can't have that happen. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is a question from Roy Master, who a lot of you guys know. He actually has just written his first couple of pieces for Epilogue. Uh, Barry eric what yeah so he um he just wrote a review on Mega Man 11 while you know before i even played it we've been getting Dude. a lot of reviews out uh pretty pretty soon after release and and barry has done a really nice job helping us but for now he'll he'll go by the name roy master which is how i first met him so speaking of bizarre video game crossovers no, uh, no. which of the following characters was actively considered for a super smash bros game was it A, Luke Skywalker? Was it B, Goku? Was it C, James Bond? Or was it D, Mike Tyson? Marcos, which one of those was actively considered for a Smash Bros. character? James Bond. All right. Oh, dude, you're you're totally wrong. Luke Skywalker, <laughs> absolutely easy. Luke Skywalker. Is that your final answer, Blake? And Marcos? For sure. Deal or no deal, mother. Yeah, that's, that's my final answer. <laughs> it was James Bond. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dakota. <laughs> They Marcos, have, uh, Marcos, they have 007 weapons in the uh, Smash games. Yeah, so Sakurai, this was actually uh, a character that Sakurai was actively considering pursuing for, for Smash Bros. Um, and, you know, I saw this question and my first instinct was Mike Tyson. I'm really, I, I thought one of you guys would fall for that one um because of the uh the mike tyson's punch out it would make a ton of sense right well, that's it, why we didn't fall for it yeah, already yeah had i guess game. so it's the why red herring so uh roy master thanks for for sending those questions in both you roy master and bell swinger can uh hit me up for a free game from humble bundle um just send it over if you have a preference for which game you'd you'd prefer do that or we can pick for you Dude, I'm also happy to provide my copy of Hollow Knight. I just got that as a as a humble bundle guy, and I already own a copy of Hollow Knight, so that's like one of the most popular games in our community. Yeah, um, I'm happy to For offer sure. that if if they want it. Yeah, I think at this point we so we actually uh, humble bundle. We get a a bundle from humble bundle for 50% off uh, for EG. And then I get humble bundle usually for myself, but I tend to own all of the games. And then like Blake gets humble bundle. Preston gets humble bundle. A lot of people <laughs> we have, we yeah. have copious amounts of humble bundle games and there's a ton of great stuff every month. So uh, feel it's free worth to, it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I, at this point I just do it to support the, the various charities and, and I think developers. I got it once because they had like PlayStation games on it. Yeah, Dude, it's they, a good they deal. They kick ass. They're, it's a great company. Um, who actually just was? We covered this. Was bought by IGN not long oh, ago. Oh yeah. no! Don't. All right. I am not an Epilogue podcast official member, but rip <laughs> IGN because of that. When uh, Humble Bundles now corporate abandoned it. Well, so it, as just somebody kidding. who <laughs> who has who has written really. several times for IGN. Uh, one of the things that they they did immediately after buying Humble Bundle, and I think we did cover this in the news, Marcos, way back when in season one. This sounds about right. Yeah, one of the things they did was they came out and said that they weren't going to touch it. Like there was just nothing, nothing being done. Well, um, that's the point. And that they, they would, well, that they would even mark that they were reviewing games um, that mm. Humble Bundle was. And I think I I, I want to say that it's just the Humble Bundle creation. So it was like just the games that humble bundle actually develops on their own rather than yeah yeah so i don't know it, it would be interesting diving into that a little bit further because again weird crossovers right IGN maybe, humble bundle. maybe that's another i've given you four now topics for another epilogue podcast it's yeah. talking about the various uh store faces you know steam gog uh itch humble bundle all the ways that we can access uh pc games you know, and, and talking, you don't necessarily have to rate them, but I think it would be interesting to talk about like how we as people engage with them. 
Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think you know we have. So we lined up our season two, or at least. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I I think it would be worthy to follow up on a lot of these episodes as we uh, go down the line and are are looking for things to talk about because everything, as we know, could could use more detailed discussion um, than perhaps the broader discussion that the Epilogue podcast tends to bring. So, well, uh, I'll. I'll go ahead and interrupt you and say I think that Ben, you, Marcos, and Dakota bring a lot of nuance to the conversation around video games. And I don't listen to you necessarily because I expect to learn something. I listen to you for personality. But I, I also think that I, I accidentally learn things all the time. Yeah, we accidentally because teach people things. <laughs> and that's wonderful. Yeah. So, like, you can laugh, but I, I mean that seriously. It's really important that you guys keep this podcast going. It's wonderful. Well, we, we appreciate it. We're 27 episodes strong. So, yeah, I, I don't think that when we set out, we, um, we thought we'd get this far. And obviously, you know, last week we, ha- we did the nostalgia episode and that took off. Um, so thanks to all the support. Thanks to, for listening. Um, make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a review. We need more reviews on iTunes. Um, and we're working on bringing the podcast to other spots like Google Play. But before oh, we no. leave off, um, <laughs> let me let uh, Marcos. Where can where can people find you on social media or or whatever? Just uh, Marcos Carmona, uh, twenty by thirty seven on Twitter. I'm the cute one. He's the cute one. Blake, yeah. where can people find you? I miss the simple days when I could give the Marcos Carmona answer, um, <laughs> Twinkie Pie 37, for those who didn't catch that. But um, I am at Ludo FM on Twitch, which is the, probably the, the spot you should actually attend to and follow me at. But I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Ludo Narrative FM. Same idea. It's just a, it's a way a longer, longer thing for you to yeah. type. At Twitter, <laughs> at, at whatever else you want. If you just Google ludo narrative fm or ludo fm you'll find me but in particular if if you go to epiloggaming.com you'll find me on there as blake guthrie yep and uh, i'll i'll take a second to promote both of your work uh marcos has got an article coming out on some of the worst video game tutorials <laughs> oh i love it it's so, so good marcos I is going to be writing as sort of an extension of this podcast uh covering some things that maybe we hadn't before marcos is going to be talking about all like those silly little things um that we experience in video games all the time Dude, and, all right i know i didn't send you my edits for it because it was really good and i i have edits for it that i should send you but dude like those who haven't even seen the rough draft it's gonna be really good go <laughs> go read it it's really good yeah, yeah, i love it should it. be out by this time next week so keep i that really love it Watch, uh, and read it Blake has a uh, has an Edith Finch article that's coming out that he wrote a couple weeks ago, and we're going to publish that this week. Um, so look out for both of those things. Um, and I am Benjamin Ten on Twitch, or you can find me at Benjamin Plays on Twitter, or of course just find us at EpilogueGaming.com. Please do consider subscribing to our Patreon. We're at a new high, sixteen Patreon members, which is really exciting for us. Nice uh, as we continue to continue to Thank grow. You. Um, and make sure to you know subscribe to the podcast shout us out on social media whatever it is that you find helpful can i say something before you wrap this up i know you want to wrap it up on your own terms but as a guest (laughs) (laughs) no i'm sorry but this is important if you're listening podcast for the first time especially if you're listening because you know me please one dollar a month on this patreon podcast means the world to us it's not about the numbers it never has been and it never will be the reason we're asking you to subscribe to Patreon is because you're enabling us to make more things. We can make more podcasts. We can write more articles. We can publish more people. We can create videos. We can like make more streams happen with better equipment. And so if, if you've enjoyed this conversation, this is my first time on the podcast, as everyone here listening knows. If you enjoyed this, that support has gone to me. And it has gone to a lot of people. And I would not be here talking on this podcast with this audio quality. I, I, I'm assuming it's okay. I'm assuming. Yeah. All right. So we, I, we I wouldn't be here if, if not for these guys and the generosity that Ben specifically has given. Please consider contributing to the Patreon podcast. I'm not saying that because it goes to me. I'm saying that because it goes to everyone here. And you're going to have more stuff to consume. So think about that.
Yeah, I, I always do like to think of it as it's funding our work. Um, so, you know, we this isn't any of our jobs. I'm fortunate enough that for the last six to, I guess, six years, man, I'm a vet now, but I've been working in the video game industry and writing about games. Um, so it's been, you know, I, I've been really lucky and now I get to do this thing, which is kind of, you know, be my own boss. And of course, Blake, um, Marcos, Dakota, all of us, we kind of started this thing and it has, you know, it's expanded to levels that I don't know that we um, expected it to. So thanks again, everybody, for, for helping us do that. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, hopefully Dakota will be back and uh, maybe we can get Blake back on the podcast at some point. It was really fun having you, Blake. All right. I refuse to come back until Dakota is back because I miss her and I'm sad that I didn't get to talk <laughs> with her today. This was so much fun, but dang it. She's you guys so can important kick to me podcast. off the podcast once. And uh, all right. We'll yeah. <laughs> Marcos, Blake and Dakota happening yeah. soon. Confirmed. Oh, boy. This looks like a <laughs> uh, So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Take care, everyone.